Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're so thankful for our state, Lord, and the good things that you've done. Lord, thank you for blessing Queensland. Thank you for protecting us. God, we're very, very grateful. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for keeping us safe from COVID. Thank you that we can meet. Thank you that we can sing. God, we're thankful. Father, we're asking now, Lord God, that at this coming election, Lord, that people who will stand for life, who will look to stand for life and not take it, Lord, would be elected in the name of Jesus, that righteous laws would be established, God, that the elderly and the unborn would be protected in the name of Jesus. God, we're asking, Holy Spirit, that you would be with those that would stand for what is right. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen, hallelujah, thank you very much. If that offends you, don't be offended, hallelujah. And if you wanna say something nasty online, please don't, because we'll just block you, hallelujah. Yeah, I love them too, praise the Lord. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, thank you so much. Father, thank you, Lord, for our beautiful friends that have driven down from Sunshine Coast. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that's watching online around the world. Father, thank you for your blessing, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, for the testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for that soul that was saved. Lord, thank you, Father, for your great kindness. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to come and to gather today. Lord, we're so thankful. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, we wanna know you. Lord, we ask for your grace to be on this word that it would cause good fruit, Lord, to be established in the hearts of the hearers. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I wanted to share a little testimony with you that I was thinking about today as I was dwelling on the truth that hope for us is not an optional nice thing that God dangles in front of us, but hope is the the true north, the thing that keeps us being able to head toward what God has for us. Hope in God will not disappoint. The Bible actually tells us in 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Say warfare. warfare. Good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which, which some having rejected concerning the faith have su- suffered shipwreck. He's saying, I'm I'm reminding you to wage a good warfare with the promises that have been spoken over your life, with the prophetic words that you've received, with the promises of God that are in the Bible. Don't just suffer shipwreck like some have, but instead wage a good warfare with the prophecies over your life. Wage a good warfare with the, with the word of God because prophetic words and promises are not necessarily inevitabilities, they are invitations 
requiring our response. I remember I was traveling to America um, in just after 9-11 happened, just a few months after that. And I remember I was transiting through um, Auckland on my way to LA, and I was sitting in the, you know, the terminal waiting, and I noticed just a young teenage girl, probably 18 or 19, sitting, and she was, had her little Gideon Bible open, and she, she looked quite stressed. And you've got to remember, it was quite a stressful time in history. So I went over to her and I said, hey, I see you're reading a Bible, I'm a, I, I'm a Christian too. Are you okay? And she said, oh, I'm really worried, I'm a bit scared about getting on this plane. And I, I just sat next to her and I said, you know what, I can guarantee that you're gonna get there safely. She said, how can you do that? So, well, actually, God's told me to go to America and I have promises that haven't yet been fulfilled. So you've got no worries, because I'm on the same plane as you. <laughs> now you might think that's a bit odd, but you see, that's what waging warfare with your prophetic promises looks like. We have a choice to either give in to what the enemy wants to play out in our heads and interfere, or we can dive into faith by keeping hope as our true north, hallelujah, by waging war with the prophetic words spoken over us. I wanted to share with you a little bit about Joseph. I've named my son Joseph because the Lord told me to, hallelujah. He's the God of the suddenlies. And yet, Joseph, when we read the story of Joseph in the Bible, we know that as a young man, he was given promises from God he was given dreams about people bowing down to him and him having great authority. And yet, soon after these dreams, his brothers talked about killing him, but instead threw him into a pit and decided to sell him into slavery. He was a slave, worked really hard, did really well in the household. Then, then the master's wife took a fancy to him, tried to seduce him, and he refused, and so instead she slandered him and had him thrown in prison, where he languished for several years. It talks a little bit about this, actually, in Psalm 105. If you've got your Bibles, verse 17 of Psalm 105, says here, he sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold as a servant. His feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in chains of iron and his soul entered into the iron. I'm reading from the Amplified here. Until his word came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. Now this isn't a small thing. Joseph had a promise and yet his circumstances looked completely opposite of what had been promised to him. When we're seeing all the things that go on, we mustn't interpret the will of God through the circumstances that we see. 
I get people sometimes come to me, even this week I had someone saying, well, these are the circumstances. I think maybe this just must be the will of God for my life. Yet it didn't line up with the truth of the word of God. God's word is not dictated to or changed by the circumstances that you're experiencing right now. The, the word, the promise that was over Joseph's life was not changed because Joseph's circumstances changed. God's word is true and if you hold fast to it, you'll see it. God promised to all of Israel, I'm taking you into a land flowing with milk and honey. But only two people actually inherited that promise. They all got the same promise and it was an unconditional promise. I'm bringing you in. But only two people actually got to go in. Why? Because only two had faith and patience. Only two believed the promise, had faith and pursued it and received it. The others stumbled and fell in the wilderness through unbelief. Wasn't because God was a false prophet. Wasn't that it was a wrong word. It wasn't even the devil that stopped them. But Joseph had a promise. And this promise was tried and it was tested. Emily and I were on the back deck watching the storms this afternoon and um, we, start, we looked up this word tested, tried in the Hebrew as we looked up in the Strong's and this is what it means, tested, tried. It means to fuse like metal that is refine, cast, like a goldsmith, melt. I find that really interesting because we've just read, they hurt his feet with fetters, he was laid in chains of iron and his soul entered into the iron until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. In other words, while he was in fetters, while he was in the, in the prison being cruelly treated, having been terribly slandered, instead of despairing, the word of God actually fused with his spirit. He held on to it until like metal, they melted together and couldn't be separated. The iron entered into his soul. The iron, not of the fetters, but the iron of the promises of God. Fused, melted, merged together with his soul. You know, when you have circumstances that are opposite of what you've been promised, or opposite of what the Bible says, you have a choice to either throw up your hands in despair, or say in your heart like Peter did, where else am I gonna go? You alone have the words of life. Hope in you does not disappoint. I will trust in you. I will put my hope and my faith in your word. And this is what Joseph did and, and we read about Joseph in Hebrews, hallelujah. We know the glorious story of how the word of the Lord came to pass. Similarly, with King David, David was given an amazing promise. I'm anointing you to be king over all Israel. He didn't mention all the stuff that would go on in between, but when all the stuff was going on, 
Psalm 27 shows us an insight into to David's heart. And it says here in Psalm 27 that I would have lost heart had I not believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah. Hope is our compass. Hope is the thing that keeps us moving forward. Without a vision, the people perish, but as you hold on to the hope, the promise of the Word of God, come what may, I believe this is what he says, and this is the truth, and this is what I will hold on to, you will inherit, because the Bible promises us that he who has purposed it will also do it, that his name is faithful and true. In fact, it's written on his thigh. It's his character, it's his nature, and he will not deny himself, hallelujah. He is faithful. And though the vision tarry, Hebrew, uh, uh, Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, um, for the vision is yet for appointed time. It, it hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, Wait for it, for it certainly will come, it will not delay. Even if it's looking like it's taking time, God says, put your hope in me. Hope in me will not disappoint. Let those promises fuse with your heart and the harder the circumstance, the more difficult the situation, God, God says, let me be your glory and the lifter of your head. I want you to look at me and I want to remind you of the truth and I'm asking you to wage a good warfare with these promises I've spoken over you. God's done what he needs to do now he's waiting for you to come into agreement and go to war with what he said. We aren't allowed to play little victims. He's our great hero, he is our redeemer, but he's done what needs to be done and now he's here to help you do what you need to do to come into agreement so that you can see his kingdom established on earth as it is in heaven. He's given you and I the keys of the kingdom which means we have a responsibility Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. I'm preaching better than you're encouraging me, I think. <laughs> Psalm 57 2 says, I cry out to God most high who fulfills his purposes for me. We can make declarations and say, thank you, Lord. I know that you are faithful. Psalm chapter one, verse two says this, but his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord, and on his law he habitually meditates by day and by night. I like that word habitually, because to wage a good warfare with the promises means to develop spiritual discipline that habitually meditates on the word of God. I find myself, I've figured out technology, that I don't have to type all my text messages. Thank you very much, Matt Wyman. I can press the little microphone thing and I can dictate and it types it for me. Sometimes it makes a mess, but most of the time it's pretty good. But I've noticed that as I'm dictating these text messages to send, even emails, it's awesome. So much easier than 
I've noticed that dotted through all my emails and all my texts when I'm dictating is praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah. I didn't realize how much I say it. I just habitually praise the Lord, hallelujah. And you know, the Bible actually tells us in Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. God actually wants us to develop a habit of his praise being continually in our mouth. He wants us to be habitually speaking out the promises, speaking out the word of God. He wants us to rehearse it, hallelujah, to take it literally, to habitually put it in our mouth. Because there is a war that goes on. And the war is designed for your heart and your mind to be distracted with the drama and the difficulties that are going on around us. God wants us to fix our thoughts on things above, things that are true and lovely and holy and of a good report. He wants us to intentionally keep our minds and eyes on Him. Isaiah 26 verse three says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Say perfect peace. peace. Just making sure you're awake. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If our minds can be disciplined to stay on him, we have the opportunity to live lives of perfect peace. The enemy comes And he comes with all sorts of, let's think about this, let's think about that. But God says, hey, wage a good warfare and think about the promises. Rehearse them, put them in your mouth, speak them out, declare them, this is my purpose. But the enemy would love instead for the dialogue in your head to be filled with rehearsing tragedy that hasn't yet happened and probably won't. He would love to fill your head with fear and with worry. But God wants us to be continually rehearsing the Word of God, to be dreaming about what it's gonna look like. What's it gonna look like? Wow, when the fireballs are going out over the crowd and the quadriplegics are jumping up and dancing. Yes, God! This is what I should be rehearsing in my head. Yet sometimes I find myself rehearsing other things. For example, Friday night, we had an awesome night in church. It was so awesome, worship was beautiful, God was so good, we had a wonderful time. And then I went home and I left my iPad at church. So I I called Emily and see if she was still here and I, I don't know, I think she might have just left but she said, no, I'll go get it and she went back. And then an hour and a half later at 11.30, she still wasn't home. I mean, Emily's 23, but I'm still a mum, right? Oh, excuse me, sorry, Emily, you're 24 now, just turned 24. So 11.30 at night, here comes some invitations to rehearse some negative things. I'm like, I asked her to turn around and go back. Maybe there was no one there. Maybe someone was there. Maybe someone bad was there. Maybe she's being kidnapped. Maybe so. Anybody ever rehearsed rubbish? All right, maybe one or two. But, so I'm sending a text message. Hello, Emily. Ringing Emily. Emily. No, Emily. She's not answering. 
the voices get louder. Maybe, maybe something bad, maybe she had an accident, maybe something terrible. And as soon as I started hearing those voices, I, I went, not going there, devil. Actually put my hand up. Not going there, devil. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I keep, you keep me in perfect peace. Thank you, Lord. Great is the peace of my children. Thank you, Father. You give your angels charge over her. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'm going to sleep. Thank you, Jesus. And then uh, Emily sends a text and says, oh, got invited to go out to Creole and I'm having some nice, <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, I didn't let you know. I'm like, no worries. I have no worries. No worries. <laughs> I wasn't concerned. <laughs> but the enemy would love for us to meditate on all the problems, to rehearse the tragedies. We're going on holiday, praise the Lord. We're gonna have a holiday in December. My family and I, we're going, at, we're going up to the, uh, North Queensland and I love snorkeling. But I saw a news report today of someone that got attacked by a shark. And then a few weeks ago, I saw another news report that someone got attacked by a crocodile. And you know, suddenly I'm rehearsing, what would I do if, what would I do if, what would I do if? And then I realized, actually, this is not setting my mind on things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. I can just be really honest with you. It's a little bit like Proverbs 22, verse 13. The sluggard says, there's a lion outside, I'll be murdered in the streets. It's in the Bible. That if you look for it, there is always something to be fearful and worried about. And you can go down, what's it gonna be like? What's it gonna be like? What's gonna happen? What could happen? This could happen. Oh my goodness, if that happened, what would I do? I'll have to prepare. What might happen? And before you know it, you're in absolute, tied up in knots and anxiety. But the heart of God is to keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because he trusts in him. How do we do that? Not only do we say not going there, devil, and recognizing that that's what he's, he's trying to take you on a merry dance that's gonna leave you with bruised toes. <laughs> Recognize what it is, that's an evil voice, that's not, a, that's not a pure thought, that's not the will of God for my life. No, I'm not going there, devil. But then replacing it with the word of God, what's the truth? Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for your promises. Thank you, Lord, I have nothing to fear. Father, and I discipline myself to intentionally put the word of God in my mouth. So my prayer life gets filled with the word of God, which is why I'm so insistent and on encouraging people to memorize the Bible. Memorizing scripture, and praise God for the old scripture and song uh, movement that was 50, started 50 years ago. When I was a little child, I learned so much scripture because they put it to music, praise the Lord. But by memorizing scripture, by, I pray scripture, I personalize it, but I put it in my mouth. Tom and I have so much scripture on the inside that when we pray, it can come out. I, I'll be driving along and I'll, um, I'll say, Tom, where's that scripture that says, and he'll, go, he'll give, it, give me the chapter and verse. He'll know where it is because he did a course when he was like 20 on scripture memorization. And when you've got scripture on the inside, the Holy Spirit can bring it back to your remembrance. 
And as you, you don't have to have a whole lot to start with, but if you take one word that God's spoken to you, for example, say you've read something that the Holy Spirit's quickened to you. <gasps> Thank you, Lord. Psalm 91. Thank you, Father. With long life, you'll satisfy me and show me your salvation. When the enemy comes and he says, oh, you might die, something terrible happened, you can pull out, you can say, not going there, devil. With long life, he satisfies me and shows me salvation. I'm gonna habitually think about this. I'm gonna put it in my mouth. I'm living a long life. What's it gonna be like when I'm 97? That's gonna be cool. What's it gonna be like? I'm gonna have a sound mind. I'm gonna have a nimble body. I'm gonna be active. I'm gonna play the piano. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be more intelligent than I am now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord because my mind's getting sharper all the time habitually meditate on the promises of God. When the enemy comes and says, oh, there's no hope. Who are you, you dreamer, thinking that you're gonna lead people to Jesus. You've tried, nothing happened, it's hopeless. You know that the word of God says that that is not the truth. That it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. And he's really good at bringing people to Jesus, hallelujah. So you can say, that is a lie. I'm not listening to you. What I believe is not based on my experience or my circumstances, but on the word of God. I'm a wise woman who builds her house on the rock, not on the experiences of the past, but I, my faith is built on the rock who is Jesus Christ. Thank God, it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. As he is, so am I in this world. I have the mind of Christ. I thank you, Lord, that your grace is upon me. Lord, that your word is in my mouth. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you've anointed me to evangelize. You've anointed me, God, to preach the good news of the gospel. The same promise that was on Jesus is upon me. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach the good news of the gospel to the poor. Father, I thank you. When the enemy says, oh, everything's messed up now, you've done terrible, it's all messed up, nothing good can come now. You can turn around and say, not going there, devil, and put the word of God in your mouth. Lord, you make beauty out of ashes. Father, I thank you that you said, for my former shame, pain, and disgrace, you'll give me double recompense. Well, here it is, I give you, there's a mess. He just reminded me, there's the mess. I give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. Doubled for my trouble. Thank you, Lord. You're making a miracle out of that mess. Oh, and I'm gonna think about what could it look like to have a miracle. Whoa, that'd be good. That's gonna be good. Hallelujah. And, and rehearse it emotionally. Let your emotions go there. Isaiah 54, sing, O barren you who have not yet born. He wants your emotions to go there when, it, when it's thinking about the promises. He wants you to rehearse it in expectation. You're probably quite practiced in rehearsing fear, but God actually wants us to practice habitually rehearsing expectation of what God is going to do based on the truth of his word, letting his promises meld with our hearts that they might become so solid in us that it doesn't matter what sort of storm comes, it doesn't matter what circumstance comes my way, it is irrelevant because the word of God is my true north and he who has purposed it will also do it. I declare over my own life, blessed are you who has believed. 
seat, for there will be a fulfillment of those things promised to me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I speak to myself, and I put the word in my mouth. God is looking for you to do the same, to habitually meditate on the promises of God, to intentionally put the praises of God on your lips. We say grace at home, you probably do too. Maybe you've just been raised to do it, maybe you don't do it. Some people say, ah, oh, it's just religious. And you know, it can be. But I look at saying thanks, giving thanks for the food at every meal as simply another opportunity to add to my discipline to be aware of the goodness of God, hallelujah. So when I'm having breakfast and if no one else is there, if I say thank you, Lord, for providing for me, yes, God, you're my provider, you provide all of my needs. Oh, I'm so grateful, God, all those things I've been asking for that I need, I thank you that they're coming, hooray. Eating a meal, which I do three times a day, plus snacks, is an opportunity for me to be triggered to, to, to give thanks, to put his praise on my lips, to get myself thinking about the promises of God. I don't do it out of a religious idea that if I don't do it, I'm gonna be cursed and I'm gonna get sick from this silly food. I don't have to bless the food because I'm worried that it's gonna poison me. Some countries, they might have to do that, but no, I don't have to do that. I throw the milk out if it is oat pasta use by date, hallelujah. We don't have to worry too much about that, but we give thanks. I give thanks as an opportunity, as a trigger to remember. Just like when I wake up in the morning, I like the first meal of the day for me to be before I get out of the bedroom. I just pick up my little communion cup and my bread and I do it not out of a religious ritual that if I don't do it, something bad might happen, but I do it as a trigger to remind myself, thank you, God, today. I'm gonna set my day straight, remembering, oh, thank God, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. He's borne my sorrows. He's provided everything I need. His blood has washed me clean. Whatever it takes to get yourself into the place where you are allowing the Holy Spirit to train you to have your mind set on things above, do it. Because the God of peace wants to keep you in perfect peace, amen? amen. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Father, we say thank you for your word. Lord, let us as a church, as Glory City Church, become a people who meditate on your word, who memorize your word, who rehearse your word, who speak it out, who keep it on their lips. Let your praise be continually in our mouth, Father, I ask. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, that you'd encourage them, that you'd help them to wage the good warfare with the prophetic words spoken over them. Lord, that you'd cause those promises to become like iron in their soul, that they would not be dissuaded for your truth, for you who have purposed it, you will also do it. There is an appointed time for that to come to pass and it will because you have promised. Lord, I thank you that they won't stumble through unbelief, but Lord, that they will anchor themselves to your word and to see clearly, Lord, by your spirit, the hope for the future that you have for every one of them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I say this because I, I really believe that we have an opportunity. 
that as the acceleration happens, we need to be choosing. And this isn't a time for us to be complacent. Because if you're complacent, you might just get tossed about by the wind and the waves. But if you'll set your face like flint to look and to rehearse the promises in the Word of God, God will accelerate you into the future and the destiny that He has for you, hallelujah. It's an opportunity and a time to grab a hold of in faith in Jesus' name, amen? Hear me, because I know the Holy Spirit is with you. We're gonna have a few people come and pray with us, but just before I do that, for people who are watching online or anyone who's here in the house, you know, my heart is that, that everybody everywhere would hear the good news of the gospel. But you know, the heart of the Father is far more passionate. The Bible says that he doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to have eternal life. But just like these promises, the promise of eternal life is not an inevitability. Eternal life in heaven with him is not an inevitability. It is an invitation needing your response. Because you and I were created in the image of the one who has a free will. And he made you with the ability to choose because true love is free. It wouldn't be love if you had no choice. But we have a choice to choose him, to choose to receive his mercy. The Bible says everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And without mercy, without forgiveness from Jesus, without having that sin taken away, we can't be joined to God who is holy because light can have no fellowship with darkness. Yet, we can't get rid of the darkness. Having just done one sin in our whole life, we have darkness that separates us from being able to be joined to God. But because Jesus came to earth and humbled himself to live life as a man, because he took on the sin of the whole world, your punishment, my punishment, died and rose again, he is now qualified to give you redemption, freedom, and all you have to do is humble yourself and say, thank you, Father. I need mercy. I receive your grace. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Jesus, I believe that you took my, the, you took my sin. You became sin so I could become righteous. God, I give you my life. I give you my sin. And I receive by faith your forgiveness that wipes it all away and gives me a new heart. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. When you do that, the Bible says you will be born again and that he will never leave you, never forsake you, that you'll walk with him on this earth and you will walk with him in eternity forever. If you're here today or you're watching online and you know in your heart you haven't made that deliberate choice to choose Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and made a declaration that says, Lord, I'm crossing over from death to life. I need a savior, I receive you. If you haven't done that, I wanna give you the opportunity today to make that choice. The Bible says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. That is, if you won't be ashamed of him, he won't be ashamed of you. So if you're here today or you're watching online, I'd love you just to wave your hand at me or write to us. If, if that's you and you say, yes, I wanna respond to the mercy of Jesus. Today, I wanna receive Jesus as my Lord. Would you just 
Let me see your hand. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here that says, yes, I want to receive Jesus? Yay, God bless you, man. Anyway, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.